Welcome to another episode of the Double Coma Club with your host, Nicole Ruth of the Ruth Team, the number one lending team in Colorado. There are a lot of news headlines right now talking about how scary the market is, where the market is headed, with the fact that we're headed to a recession, we're in a bubble, going to be in a bubble, maybe we're already in a recession, the housing market slammed on the brakes, sellers can't sell their homes. I mean, what is happening? I started thinking about this. I was like, if I was a consumer and not knee deep in either the stock market or cryptocurrency or housing, maybe I just have a eight to five job, right? Maybe I just work at a uh, advertising company like my son does doing data analytics, or, or maybe I work in a hospital like my other son does, or maybe I'm still in school and I, I'm young and I'm wanting to graduate, but maybe I'm an adult and I'm doing the things that I do on a daily basis, yet I'm trying to buy a home. I'm, I'm trying to save for retirement. I've got my money in my 401k and I'm too scared to look at the statement I go to work to my office job, my engineering job, my nursing job, my whatever job that is. I don't have my finger on the pulse of what's happening maybe in the economy or the housing market. I read the headlines, right? I get the news. I turn the news on when I come home and I turn the news on while I'm making dinner or while I'm relaxing. I don't know how the news is relaxing, but that's a whole nother conversation. Right? Like I'm, I'm thinking about how much I read every day and how knee deep I am into the housing market. And then I think, what if I wasn't, what if I was not and anything, but anything, but doing anything, but I'm doing my job. If I look at my 401k statement, I'm going to get depressed about what I can do in my future years. Forget about the fact if I even put in any money in cryptocurrency, that's practically gone. And my house, I don't know what's happening with my house, but everybody keeps telling me that a bubble is about to burst. So should I be worried about this too? So that's what I'm thinking about constantly on a daily basis. When I get up in the morning, I think, how do I do my job better to support those who aren't knee deep in the information to feel secure when they go to bed at night and secure when they wake up in the morning that this, this roof over my head is probably the best investment I've got working for me right now. The stock market year to date is still down. Interestingly, I was listening to CNBC this morning and they were talking about the amount of money right now that investors have in cash ready to buy on the dips, ready to re-employ the investment tactics back in the stock market the moment the downslide seems to bottom out. So the speed by which it's going to ramp back up again, if you're sitting in cash and you're not paying attention and just because your financial planner told you to get into cash or your spouse did or your parents did or your children did and you got into cash, but you're not watching the timing on when to get back in, you're going to get right back in after it's already started coming back up again because that's when it's going to be in the news headlines and on TV, on the news while you're cooking dinner, right? It's, are you paying attention to those things, those strategies? I can't time the stock market. With 100% certainty, I fail. I fail. I'm not knee deep in the stock market. I can't time it and I'll try to. And I can't time the real estate market either, interestingly enough. And I am knee deep in this. I'm way knee deep in this. 
And I think interest rates are going to go down. And I think the economy is going to slow down. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how I would talk to me if I wasn't knee deep. What do I tell my mom about her house or her investment, right? My brother, my clients, my friends, when they ask, what's going on in the housing market? <laughs> That's how much time do you have, <laughs> right? So if I want to play it safe and know that I have consistency, that I can put my money into something that I know will continue to allow me to have options, maybe not 100% all the time positive returns, but all the time options. What would that thing be? What would that investment be? It would be the roof over my head. And I don't say this because I'm a mortgage lender, because this is the industry that I'm in, that you should buy into this industry. I say this because I see what is happening in the stock market. I've lost money in the stock market before, and it takes more than a decade to bring it back. And even then, it's not all the way. And then I lose it again, and I am not good at it. I'm just not good at it. Like, I, it's not what I do all day. I'm not a day trader. But I also know that a lot of the market right now is confused and the headlines are being used to scare because headlines sell about what is happening with the housing market and the fear that this trying to be relayed is driving me crazy. Every time Diane Olick steps up and talks about the housing market, it seems to be a buzzkill, right? The housing market is on its last legs. The housing market came to a complete standstill. Don't invest in housing. You're better off renting. It's cheaper to rent. And I'm like, today, maybe it's cheaper to rent today. So how do I get out of the fear? So I was doing some research. So I've got this Wednesday, tomorrow from two to 4 p.m. There's a two hour CE with DMAR, Denver Metro Association of Realtors where we're teaching what's going on in the market. So we're, the first half of it is going through the market trends report. It's a very thick report that's delivered to real estate agents in their inbox once a month. And then the second half, I'm going through the economic factors of what's happening and, and are we headed to a bubble or are we not? And what are the conversations around that? And that's tomorrow. If you're a real estate agent and a, a member of DMAR, so you'd be a realtor, you can sign up for that tomorrow. But I wanted to, one slide from tomorrow's presentation. I took six experts. There was a list of about 15. I was reading an article talking about where do the top economists of the top companies think the market is going? And they kind of grouped. So I took one from each kind of relative group and I wanted to highlight a couple of these really, really fast. Because Deloitte, I mean, all of these big names, Deloitte, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan Chase, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, and HSBC, big banks, big companies, highly respected economists. Deloitte says that the chance of a recession is about 15%. Morgan Stanley says that despite rising, high and rising inflation, the probability of a recession in the next 12 months is about 30%, talking about the fact that accelerating inflation has been a common precursor to recessions and they're saying we see the high inflation it is a precursor to inflation we're going to hold on to 30 percent jp morgan chase says that they're making their they're increasing their 
expectation to an uncomfortably high 35% risk of going into a recession. Bank of America says that we're the growth rate, the GDP is going to go down to zero the second half of 2022, and that we're going to see a 40% chance of a recession in 2023 or 2024. Goldman Sachs says that within the next two years, we'll see a recession, puts the odds of a recession just under 50% over the next two years, up from 35% to 50%. Here's HSBC. She says that they are not forecasting recession, but our forecasts certainly paint a picture of a downswing that is just as uneven as the recovery that preceded it, which is, that's one of my favorite ones. So we went from 15 to 30 to 35 to 40, up from 35 to 50 was Goldman Sachs, and then HSBC saying, we're not forecasting recession, but the downswing will be just as uneven as the recovery that preceded it. Is it any wonder that the unknown and uncertainty creates fear, right? So when, if you're a real estate agent and you can't get your clients to make a decision, it's not their fault. <laughs> like it is really hard to make a decision in an uncomfortable position and an uncomfortable economy. If you're a buyer, if you're a seller right now, you're wondering what to do. Your house you just listed didn't have any showings, not a single one. I was talking to a real estate agent um, who has a house, a listing in North Glen talking about it was crickets in all of North Glen, looking at the numbers of homes that had sold in Denver. And he has a, a home that he just redid for sale. That's been up on the market for a little over a week. Very few, if no showings and other listings also are feeling some of the same things, but other listings have multiple showings and are going for over asking. So what's happening? Now, I could talk to you about this. So sellers, I'm gonna tell you right now that we're going to start to see a slowdown of the appreciation. As that appreciation slows down, right, we're gonna be more in line with where the home next door listed at, not sold at, after it was bid up 25, 50, $100,000. So not to comp your home to the homes that sold last month, but maybe to the homes that sold in February before some of this excitement or change, or maybe comping it to where it was listed, the home that sold last month instead of where it sold at. So rethinking how you're making the comparables, but as a seller, don't get distraught over the money that you lost. You're not losing money. If I go back a year to look at what your home would have sold at a year ago, you're still doing very well. It's just not maybe as good as if you sold it a couple months ago. And that's okay, right? I mean, the woulda, shoulda, couldas, you have to look at what's right for your family. But here's what I think is gonna happen. I think that there's gonna be sellers that are gonna try and put their house on the market for what their neighbor sold maybe plus or minus three to five percent they'll will they'll be willing to negotiate and beyond that they'll just simply stop because they don't have to sell many of them either are staying put and they'll just wait out this market shift right until maybe the spring market let's talk about the spring market in a minute but maybe they'll just wait out this shift until it starts to settle down and they can ex they know what to expect or maybe they've moved into another home or have a second home, or maybe this is a second home, but if they have an interest rate at 2.625 or three and a half percent, maybe that payment isn't that much, maybe they could turn it into a rental. They were planning on selling it. Maybe it's too expensive to be a rental, but hey, I'll rent it for a year. 
I can still sell it after a year. I can sell it up to two years without capital gains on that rental. So maybe I'll just hold on to it. Now, I'm not trying to talk sellers not in selling. Don't get me wrong. We need more inventory. I'm telling you that probably sellers will decide that they don't need to sell and we will continue to have inventory shortages. Buyers who are waiting on the sidelines, waiting for things to change and for the bubble to burst are going to be waiting a long time because of this inventory issue. So if I'm reading these headlines and I'm going to work every day and I'm not paying attention to what's going on in the real estate market and I'm renting and I know that my rent just went up or is about to go up, but I wanna get into a house, but the headlines keep telling me that a bubble or a recession is coming or the housing hit a wall. Do I just wanna sign a lease again? Because it seems more stable. And I got enough going on in my life with my job and my kids and my spouse that maybe I just want stability. I can't take it. I've heard that from a couple of different buyers that we had in our pipeline that said, I've been looking, but honestly, I just need a break. I just need to stop thinking about it or I need to stop working so hard at it. But there's an opportunity cost for that. And that's kind of what I wanted to dive into for a second because I can go on and on and on about how this isn't a bubble and we continue to talk about this. And I've had other videos to talk about that. Our foreclosure numbers here in Colorado is 0.1%. Nationwide, it's extremely low. Our delinquency is like 1.7% nationwide. Here, it's like 1.5. It's extremely low. The vacancy rates, again, extremely low. If you go back to what happened after 2008, we had very high vacancy rates because unqualified buyers were buying multiple homes. And when all of a sudden you can't get a tenant or a renter in that home because you can't even, the interest rates were higher. If you can't make up the mortgage payment or you can't get a tenant in there and you have three or four of them, you're just gonna let that one foreclose. So we had a lot of vacant homes going into foreclosure. If I have a roof over my head, I'm gonna do everything I can to protect it. So with low vacancies and low mortgage delinquencies and low foreclosures and over a third, 38% of all homes paid free and clear, and 75% of the mortgages that do have a mortgage are locked in at 4% or under, now all of a sudden I'm starting to realize, huh, this bubble that everyone's talking about that I'm reading these headlines, where's that coming from? Because the bubble has to come from some a massive amount of inventory that floods the market and is more than the demand that reduces prices. I mean, that's the whole concept of a bubble, right? You have more supply, then you have qualified demand, and all of a sudden, we all know the demand and supply equation. When I have a lot more supply with less demand, my prices are gonna drop on, they're gonna be on sale because people just wanna sell. Like, where's the bottom? I gotta just dump, I gotta dump this thing. And that was what was happening. But this time, I don't have unqualified demand. I have a very strong equity basis. We have twice the equity that we did in 2000, the early 2006, late 2005, very height of the market before the bubble. The bubble is what created the recession, not the other way around. Having a recession doesn't mean we need a housing bubble. The housing bubble created the recession. So if we have double the equity and say the sellers today do lose some of what they could have sold that home for, a month or two ago, right? There's a lot of shoulda, woulda, couldas in there. Right? 
It's like what they could have sold it for had they put it on, but life didn't allow them to do that because I had kids in school or I just got notified of a job transfer or, oh my gosh, I just found out my spouse is pregnant. We're going to have a child or whatever those life events are or the other side of that, right? A parent died or a spouse died or now I have to downsize or the kids just graduated and now we get to move into the house of our dreams or the location of our dreams. Those things will continue to happen, but those homes right now, Yes, there's a lot of investors. I want to sit that to the side for a second. But a majority of the homes, even the majority of the investment homes, are owned by mom and pop investors who are looking to protect their future with extremely high equity positions and rent continuing to go up. So what's different right now, if I'm talking to you and you aren't knee deep in all of this every day, and you're just simply seeing the headlines about recession coming and a bubble coming, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're a buyer in this market, take advantage of this market. There's a little less demand because of this fear and because interest rates are higher. There is still inventory in the market. We popped up from just a couple of days of inventory in the worst of it, right? to now 1.1 months of inventory. Let me repeat that. We have 1.1 months of inventory, not four months of inventory or six months of inventory, which is balanced, or eight months of inventory, which is a buyer's market. We have one, 1.1. It seems like a lot because of the speed by which it changed. So that's what the headlines are repeating is the speed by which or the massive, uh, massive amount of inventory that's in the market right now. Arr, drives me crazy. It's, it's one month of inventory. Yes, at higher interest rates, but we're still lower. Historically, the average interest rate was 7%. We're sitting around 5.5, 5.875. Some folks at 6 and a quarter, 6 and an eighth, depending on your risk profile and your credit score and how much down and all the things, right? Five and a half was a really good rate not too long ago. We have to forget this artificial period of time that we lived in in 2020 and 2021 and stop comparing to my friend got a three and a quarter interest rate or my best friend just locked in a three and a half. I want that. I'm going to wait until that comes back. So as a buyer who's afraid right now, my all of these, right? 15%, 30%, 35% risk of recession. I am not smarter than these guys. Maybe on a good day. But my gut tells me that we're going to see a slowdown, an economic slowdown that very well could be, if not a full recession, could look and smell like a recession. I feel like we're almost even creating a recession because of the way we're spending. Retail sales is, is still strong. It was up 1%, interestingly enough. So people do still want to spend, but there's still uncertainty about jobs. Jobless claims went up 9,000 this last week. We'll get the new number on Thursday. That was kind of a bounce, high bounce in the wrong direction. But unemployment had stayed at 3.6, so labor is good right now. We have 11.3 million jobs. I say all this to say that we have job stability. Now, there are big companies that are putting a hold on all new hires. And we've already heard of some technology layoffs, and certainly in the mortgage and real estate industries, we've seen layoffs. So there's some job stability, and in a recession, we will see more job instability. And as that job instability creates layoffs, we will start to head into a recession because that's the beginning of it right is the layoffs 
that instability and the unemployment number going up is we're heading into recession. There will be job loss and there will be wage instability, regretfully at the lowest wage earners first, right? So we will start to see that and that will have an impact on all Americans across the country. But Americans will hunker down. We actually have a very stable consumer going into this recession. We have still more savings because of everything that happened in 2020 and 2021. We certainly have a lot more equity that we can rely on, that we can tap into should we need it, right? And all we have to do is hold on to our homes because during the last recession, the people that lost the most regretfully were those people who had to sell. And I understand the people had to sell, but those are the people that lost because anybody that held on to their home their homes are worth 133% more than what they were then. 123%, sorry. Only so many numbers fit in here. <laughs> but I correct myself pretty quickly because I remember. So 123. So as I'm looking at this, right, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm not knee deep in the data every day, should I be afraid? I will tell you, you should not be afraid. Should you be careful? You should be careful. Buyers should be careful. Buyers should have some money in reserves. Buyers should not get over their skis and buy too much, expecting their job to continue to be strong or a raise continuing to come. Because if we hit a recession, those raises will slow down, if not stop, as employers just try to hold on to their current workforce, right? So as you stabilize and you wanna protect yourself, I would say buy now, buy now. Because even at today's interest rate, we're still getting a better interest rate than historical average. And if we do see this recession, interest rates will drop. Now the question, I was talking to another friend of mine last night and he locked in his interest rate at four and a half and he wanted to call me about refinancing. I told him, well, I'd love to, but interest rates are a point higher right now. He goes, well, can you call me when they get down below four and a half? And I said, absolutely. I don't know that they will. I don't know that they will. I don't know that they should go down to the threes again. That was not healthy. But could they go back into the fours? Sure, but is it worth it? So at that point, we talked about the fact that he's got $200,000 equity in that home. So when rates go down, because he's not in a rush, he just settling in, got the baby, hung all the curtains, brand new home, the whole thing, right? Settling in with the kids, uh, not a brand new baby, it's been a little bit, but little kids, all of the fixtures and furnishings uh, that he had to support with this new house. He said, I just wanna settle for a minute, but if next spring the interest rates do drop, or even, or next spring, depending on what interest rates are, let's go ahead and cash out, let's pull out some of that $200,000 equity and start investing again. I'm ready, right? I'm not trying to time the market, I'm not trying to figure things out, but can I take some of this equity? And especially, it's a win-win if interest rates drop back down in the fours and he doesn't lose that interest rate he has today. Calming, consistent, data-oriented conversations win stability right that's what we're trying to do on a daily basis is create enough information that creates a pathway to bridge out of the fear and into action because we all know real estate goes up long term every time it's not a matter of will we lose everything in the housing market no will we slow it down will appreciation slow down this second half of the year we're seeing a slowdown in prices as sellers get more realistic on what they can sell their home for compared to the homes that were sold in the last couple months but this is seasonal the second half of the year especially here in the denver market that happens every year we get the biggest part of our annual 
growth and appreciation in the first half. So if we're heading into that seasonal time and you can jump in and negotiate with a seller and get a seller to pay your closing costs or do a two on buy down or do a rate reduction, then you're in the win column. Because when interest rates go down, you can refinance. And now start building your own principal reduction. Now start building your own appreciation. Now start building your own wealth. That's the conversation we need to be having more of. Not the headlines scaring the crap out of you, especially if you are a homeowner, you're wondering what on earth is happening to my home. You'll be shocked at how much equity you have in that home. And if you want to tap into that equity and capitalize on other investments, now is a great time to do that. In fact, I was having a conversation with my financial planner and he said, those who can should be buying. Those who can should be buying. He was talking about stocks. I'm talking about houses. Either way it works. Well, that's a wrap. Keeping it simple, keeping it positive, keeping it factual. The housing market right now is extremely stable. It will continue to be strong and it will continue to appreciate. It will appreciate lower as sellers get back a little bit of that growth and buyers have the opportunity to get in and negotiate. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. If you're a real estate agent watching this uh, and you haven't signed up for Agenting Night, I think it's all full, but check in with us hopefully or I'll see you tomorrow at DMAR. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Double Comma Club. Never miss an episode. Subscribe at thedoublecommaclub.com to hear more success stories and to get free tips on how you can get on the path to becoming a millionaire through real estate at any age. Remember, visit thedoublecommaclub.com and subscribe.